Act Two of Jane Shore, A Tragedy by Nicholas Rowe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act the Second. Scene One. An apartment in Jane Shore's house. Enter Alicia, speaking to Jane Shore as entering. No further, gentle friend. Good angels guard you, and spread their gracious wings about your slumbers. The drowsy night grows on the world, and now the busy craftsman and the oar-labored hind forget the travail of the day in sleep. Care only wakes, and moping pensiveness. With meager, discontented looks they sit and watch the wasting of the midnight taper. Such vigils must I keep, so wakes my soul restless and self-tormented. O oh, false hastings! Thou hast destroyed my peace. Knocking without. What noise is that? What visitor is this who, with bold freedom, breaks in upon the peaceful night and rest with such a rude approach? Enter a servant. One from the court, uh, Lord Hastings, as I think, demands my lady. Hastings, be still my heart and try to meet him with his own arts, with falsehood. But he comes. Enter Lord Hastings, speaking to a servant as entering. Dismiss my train and wait alone without. Alicia here. Unfortunate encounter. But be it as it may. When humbly, thus the great descend to visit the afflicted. When thus, unmindful of their rest, they come to soothe the sorrows of the midnight mourner. Comfort comes with them like the golden sun dispels the sullen shades with her sweet influence and cheers the melancholy house of care. Tis true, I would not overrate a courtesy, nor let the coldness of delay hang on it, to nip and blast its favour like a frost, but rather choose at this late hour to come, that your fair friend may know I have prevailed. The Lord Protector has received her suit, and means to show her grace. My friend! My lord. Yes, lady, yours. None has a right more ample to task my power than you. I want the words to pay you back a compliment so courtly. But my heart guesses at the friendly meaning, and will not die your debtor. Tis well, madam, but I would see your friend. Oh, thou false lord! I would be mistress of my heaving heart, stifle this rising rage, and learn from thee to dress my face in easy, dull indifference. But to not be, my wrongs will tear their way, and rush at once upon thee. Are you wise? Have you the use of reason? Do you wake? What means this raving, this transporting passion? Oh, thou cool traitor! Thou insulting tyrant! Dost thou behold my poor distracted heart thus rent with agonizing love and rage and ask me what it means? Art thou not false? Am I not scorned, forsaken, and abandoned, left like a common wretch to shame and infamy, given up to be the sport of villains' tongues, of laughing parasites and lewd buffoons, and all because my soul has doted on thee with love, with truth, and tenderness unutterable. 
Are these the proofs of tenderness and love, these endless quarrels, discontents and jealousies, these never-ceasing waitings and complainings, these furious starts, these whirlwinds of the soul, which every other moment rise to madness? What proof, alas, have I not given of love? What have I not abandoned to thy arms? Have I not set at naught my noble birth, a spotless fame and an unblemished race, the peace of innocence and pride of virtue? My prodigality has given thee all, and now I've nothing left me to bestow. You hate the wretched bankrupt you have made. Why am I thus pursued from place to place, kept in the view and crossed at every turn? In vain I fly, and like a hunted deer, scud o'er the lawns, and hasten to the covert. Ere I can reach my safety, you o'ertake me, with the swift malice of some keen reproach, and drive the winged shaft deep in my heart. Hither you fly, and here you seek repose. Spite of the poor deceit, your arts are known, your pious, charitable midnight visits. If you are wise and prize your peace of mind, yet take the friendly counsel of my love. Believe me true, nor listen to your jealousy. Let not that devil which undoes your sex, that cursed curiosity, seduce you, to hunt for needless secrets which neglected shall never hurt your quiet, but once known shall sit upon your heart, pinch it with pain, and banish the sweet sleep forever from you. Go to, be yet advised. Dost thou in scorn preach patience to my rage, and bid me tamely sit like a poor contented idiot down, nor dare to think thou'dst wronged me? Ruin seize thee, and swift perdition overtake thy treachery. Have I the least remaining cause to doubt? Hast thou endeavoured once to hide thy falsehood, to hide it might have spoke some little tenderness, and shown thee half unwilling to undo me. But thou disdainest the weakness of humanity. Thy words and all thy actions have confessed it. Even now thy eyes avow it, now they speak, and insolently own the glorious villainy. Well then. I own my own heart has broke your chains. Patient I bore the painful bondage long. At length my generous love disdains your tyranny. The bitterness and stings of taunting jealousy, vexations, days, and jarring joyless nights have driven him forth to seek some safer shelter where he may rest his weary wings in peace. You triumph, do, and with gigantic pride defy impending vengeance. Heaven shall wink. No more his arm shall roll the dreadful thunder, nor send his lightnings forth. No more his justice shall visit the presuming sons of men, but perjury, like thine, shall dwell in safety. Whate'er my fate decrees for me hereafter, be present to me now, my better angel. Preserve me from the storm that threatens now, and if I have beyond atonement sinned, let any other kind of plague o'ertake me, so I escape the fury of that tongue. Thy prayer is heard. I go. 
But no, proud lord, howe'er thou scornest the weakness of my sex, this feeble hand may find the means to reach thee, howe'er sublime in power and greatness placed, with royal favor guarded round and graced. On eagle's wings my rage shall urge her flight, and hurl thee headlong from thy topmast height, then, like thy fate, superior will I sit, and view thee fallen, and groveling at my feet. See thy last breath with indignation go, and tread thee sinking to the shades below. Exit. How fierce a fiend is passion! With what wildness, what tyranny untamed it reigns in woman, unhappy sex, whose easy-yielding temper gives way to every appetite alike, and love in their weak bosoms is a rage, as terrible as hate and as destructive. But soft ye now, for here comes one, disclaims strife and her wrangling train of equal elements, without one jarring atom was she formed, and gentleness and joy make up her being. Enter Jane Shore. Forgive me, fair one, if officious friendship intrudes on your repose, and comes thus late to greet you with the tidings of success. The princely Gloucester has vouchsafed your hearing. Tomorrow he expects you at the court. There plead your cause with never-failing beauty, speak all your griefs, and find a full redress. Thus humbly let your lowly servant bend, kneeling. Thus let me bow my grateful knee to earth, and bless your noble nature for this goodness. Rise, gentle dame, you wrong my meaning much. Think me not guilty of a thought so vain, to sell my courtesy for thanks like these. Tis true, your bounty is beyond my speaking, but though my mouth be dumb, my heart shall thank you, and when it melts before the throne of mercy, mourning and bleeding for my past offences, my fervent soul shall breathe one prayer for you, that heaven will pay you back when most you need the grace and goodness you have shown to me. If there be aught of merit in my service, impute it there where most is due to love. Be kind, my gentle mistress, to my wishes, and satisfy my panting heart with beauty. Alas, my lord! Why bend thy eyes to earth? Wherefore these looks of heaviness and sorrow? Why breathe that sigh, my love? And wherefore falls this trickling shower of tears to stain thy sweetness? If pity dwells within your noble breast, as sure it does, or speak not to me thus. Can I behold thee and not speak of love? Even now, thus sadly as thou stand'st before me, thus desolate, dejected, and forlorn, thy softness steals upon my yielding senses, till my soul faints and sickens with desire. How canst thou give this motion to my heart, and bid my tongue be still? Cast round your eyes upon the high-born beauties of the court. Behold, like opening roses where they bloom, sweet to the sense, unsullied all and spotless. There choose some worthy partner of your heart to fill your arms and bless your virtuous bed, nor turn your eyes this way. What means this peevish, this fantastic change? Where is thy wanted pleasantness of face, thy wanted graces, and thy dimpled smiles? Where hast thou lost thy wit and sport of mirth, that cheerful heart which used to dance for ever, and cast a ray of gladness all around thee? 
Yes, I will own I merit the reproach, and for those foolish days of want and pride, my soul is justly humbled to the dust. All tongues like yours are licensed to upbraid me, still to repeat my guilt and urge my infamy and treat me like that abject thing I have been. No more of this dull stuff. Tis time enough to whine and mortify thyself with penance. The present moment claims more generous use. Thy beauty, night, and solitude reproach me for having talked thus long. Come, let me press thee. Laying hold of her. Pant on thy bosom, sink into thy arms, and lose myself in the luxurious flood. Forbear, my lord. Here let me rather die. Kneeling. And end my sorrows and my shame for ever. Away with this perverseness. Tis too much. Nay, if you strive, tis monstrous affectation. Striving. Retire, I beg you, leave me. Thus to coy it, with one who knows you too. For mercy's sake. Ungrateful woman, is it thus you pay my services? Abandon me to ruin, rather than urge me. This way to your chamber. Pulling her. There, if you struggle. Help! Oh, gracious heaven, help! Save me! Help! Exit. Enter Dumont. He interposes. My lord, for honour's sake. Ha! Huh. What art thou? Be gone. My duty calls me to my attendance on my mistress here. Avant, base groom. At distance wait, and know thy office better. No, my lord. The common ties of manhood call me now, and bid me thus stand up in the defence of an oppressed, unhappy, helpless woman. And dost thou know me, slave? Yes, thou proud lord. I know thee well. Know thee with each advantage which wealth or power or noble birth can give thee. I know they too for one who stains those honours and blots a long illustrious line of ancestry by poorly daring thus to wrong a woman. Tis wondrous well, I see my saint-like dame. You stand provided of your braves and ruffians, to man your cause and bluster in your brothel. Take back the foul reproach, unmannered railer, nor urge my rage too far, lest thou shouldst find I have as daring spirits to my blood as thou or any of thy race here boasted. Though no gaudy titles graced my birth, yet heaven that made me honest made me more than ever king did when he made a lord. Insolent villain! Henceforth, let this teach thee the distance twixt a peasant and a prince. Draws and strikes him. Nay, then, my lord. Drawing. Learn you by this how well an arm resolved can guard its master's life. They fight. Dumont disarms Lord Hastings. Confusion! Baffled by a base-born hind. Now, haughty sir, where is our difference now? Your life is in my hand, and do not honour the gentleness of blood and inborn virtue, however unworthy I may seem to you, plead in my bosom. I should take the forfeit. But wear your sword again, and know a lord opposed against a man is but a man. Curse on my failing hand. Your better fortune has given you vantage over me but perhaps your triumph may be bought with dear repentance. Exit. Re-enter Jane Shore. Alas, what have you done? Know ye the power, the mightiness, that waits upon this lord? Fear not, my worthiest mistress. Tis a cause in which heaven's guards shall wait you. I'll pursue, pursue the sacred counsels of your soul which urge you on to virtue. Assisting angels shall conduct your steps, bring you to bliss, and crown your days with peace. Oh, that my head were laid, my sad eyes closed, 
my cold coarse wound in my shroud to rest my painful heart will never cease to beat will never know a moment's peace till then would you be happy leave this fatal place fly from the court's pernicious neighbourhood where innocence is shamed and blushing modesty has made the scorners jest where hate deceit and deadly ruin wear the masks of beauty and draw deluded fools with shows of pleasure where should i fly thus helpless and forlorn of friends and all the means of life bereft belmore whose friendly care still wakes to serve you has found you out a little peaceful refuge far from the court in the tumultuous city within an ancient forest's ample verge there stands a lonely but a healthful dwelling built for convenience and the use of life around it fallows meads and pastures fair a little garden and a limpid brook by nature's own contrivance seem disposed no neighbours but a few poor simple clowns honest and true with a well-meaning priest no faction or domestic furies raged did e'er disturb the quiet of that place when the contending nobles shook the land with york and lancaster's disputed sway your virtue there may find a safe retreat from the insulting powers of wicked greatness can there be so much happiness in store a cell like that is all my hopes aspire to haste then and thither let us take our flight ere the clouds gather and the wintry sky descends in storms to intercept our passage would you then go you glad my very soul banish your fears cast all your cares on me plenty and ease and peace of mind shall wait you and make your latter days of life most happy oh lady but i must not cannot tell you how anxious i have been for all your dangers and how my heart rejoices at your safety so when the spring renews the flowery field and warns the pregnant nightingale to build she seeks the safest shelter of the wood where she may trust her little tuneful brood where no rude swains her shady cell may know no serpents climb nor blasting winds may blow fond of the chosen place she views it o'er sits there and wanders through the grove no more warbling she chumps at each returning night and loves it with a mother's dear delight. Exeunt. End of Act Two.